The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. So I'm super excited to introduce you to my friend, Fred, who I have known since 1986. I wasn't born yet, but (laughs) I'll tell you how we met in a minute. Um, Welcome to Meet the Mentor. This podcast has exploded. We're in the top 2.5% of all podcasts worldwide. And why did we even start it? Well, we started because of Leap. All right. Leap 2022 will be July 17th to the 23rd. And we get these amazing speakers, Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, this year, Richard Branson, Paula Abdul, Kathy Bates, uh, Usher. I mean, on and on and on and on. And we thought, you know, this content is so good. It can't just sit there in, you know, the Leap website. So we started doing this podcast and it just exploded. We're like number one in Yemen. We're number two in Iceland. We're number three in Finland. I mean, it keeps going and going and going. And the thing that differentiates our podcast from others is, yeah, we're going to talk about Fred. And he's had a really diverse and colorful career. But we're also going to find out what he's doing right now because he's kind of switched gears and become an author. This is his third book. We'll talk about this in a second. But before we do, I just want to read a quick little introduction. Fred Joyle is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and business advisor. He co-founded the most successful dentist referral uh, service in the country called 1-800-DENTIST. That's where we met. He has previously written two books on marketing and has dabbled in stand-up improv comedy, acted in bad movies (laughs) and commercials with me, (laughs) and excellent TV. Oh, bad movies and excellent TV commercials. I was part of an excellent TV commercial. His latest book, Super Bold, Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days was just released in October. He once beat Richard Branson in chess and was also a question on Jeopardy. All right. He lives in Los Angeles and you can reach him at fredjoyle.com. Fred, thank you for coming on Meet the Mentor. Um, Before we do this, I just have to say it was really funny. I met Fred in 1986. I literally had just moved back from Switzerland and I was opening up my dental practice and I heard about this this company, 1-800-DENTIST. And you know, when when you have a practice, you kind of want to have patients come to your practice. So 1-800-DENTIST connected people by phone to dental offices. And I remember walking in and I met Fred and his brother and a few other people and we sat down and I was, I think, what was I like, number five or six? I was yeah. one of the first people to sign up for 1-800-DENTIST and stayed part of that referral service throughout my career. Um, Fred then gave me the opportunity to be in a few of his 1-800-DENTIST commercials. I think I did three of them. And that's how I got my SAG card. And the funniest thing was the very first commercial I did. I'm not an actor. I'm a dentist. I showed up expecting to practice and rehearse and run. They had over 100 people on the set. And they're like, 
action. And I'm like, wait, 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 we didn't practice yet. And they're like, we need practice. <laughs> but it all turned out and it was awesome. So, Fred, let's start with 1-800-DENTIST. Why'd you even start that? I actually knew somebody that had the phone number. And he said, I think you could turn this into a business. And I was working in advertising. I was a copywriter in an ad agency and looking to own my own business. I, I didn't like the career arc of advertising, which falls off a cliff at 50. So I thought, I've got I've to gotta find something. And I'm, I was never a good employee. I, I needed to have my own thing anyway. So uh, this just happened. Uh, and we just went out and found dentists. Dentists were really just starting to advertise. And we wrote uh, a, a bunch of radio spots. In, and we started in L.A. We found 18 dentists. You were one of them. And we got 50 phone calls the first day. And we went, wow, we're really onto something. So we just kept adding it and adding it and adding it and adding cities and adding dentists and spending more money in advertising and went from radio to TV. And that's when it really blew up. And it, it went it's still going, but it's morphed now into a digital business because right. people don't call phone numbers right. anymore. Uh, but we had 30 years of really steady business, and, and it was great. We had a great culture. Um, we, would, we would ask the team members you know, working there to offer us ideas for TV commercials and stuff like that. And, uh, and we were always putting them in there. You know, we, we would recruit uh, various people to, to be in the background or to be a phone operator or something like that. So uh, it, was, it was just a, a great career. Well, it also helped that most of your phone operators were actors. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> L.A. was the perfect place to do this because people don't know this, but actors don't work that much. I mean, even a working actor doesn't work all the time. So they need time to kind of fill in. And 1-800-Dentist was a great job because they could vary their hours. They could work with, and they could act and they could learn scripts and they could do all the stuff you needed. Right. And bounce out to an audition and come back and, you know, and work. We were very flexible for them. And it was actually for years, there was an actor's guide uh, and we were listed as one of the places you should go work. Oh, that's because, hilarious. Yeah, so, All right. So you went from 1-800-DENTIST to writing two books. Yeah. And now you're launching your third book. Yeah. And I, I just was reading through it, and I love this quote. There are three kinds of people in the world. Those that make it happen, those that watched it happen, and those who wondered, what the heck happened? <laughs> this is by Tommy Lasorda, the L.A. Dodgers manager. And tell us what the impetus for this book was. Well, I was I grew up as a very shy, underconfident person. And and it took me years and years to work my way through it. And I would see bold people and I go, like, how are they doing this? Why are they like this? And then I as I developed that ability to, to just push through my shyness and my introversion, all sorts of good stuff started to happen. And I went like, oh, all of Fun stuff happens in your discomfort zone, but you got to be able to get through it. So I developed a systematic way where anybody could do it because I always thought bold people were born that way. But, and most people think that, but you can learn it. And I refined it to a really good system. And then, uh, actually, as I was developing the content for the book, I did a, a lecture for Leap for the students, and and they were so into it. It was so great. It was like I got to get the book done. I, I, I they 
this really means something to them. They was, I t- would talk to them after, and they were so receptive. And, and I said, i got to get this to the point where anybody can get their hands on this book, either listen to it or read it on a Kindle or read a hardcover and, and change their life. Because I don't want people to miss opportunities, to miss jobs, to miss adventure, to miss relationships. And that's what happens when you're underconfident, when you're hesitant. Bold people seize opportunities. And do it. You know, one of the things that you say in the book is that, you know, you talk to yourself and hear yourself more than you hear anybody else. And that's true. You know, and one of the things I tell students at LEAP is don't say bad things to yourself. And it's true. I mean, you typically say meaner, more destructive things to yourself than you would ever allow anybody to say to you, don't do that. You have to talk nice to yourself. You have to build yourself up. And I think that people that don't have confidence are so used to convincing themselves that they're inadequate, that they're not good enough, that they can't do something, that they start to believe it. You know, I always tell parents the greatest gift you can give your kids is not a new car, is not money, is not is confidence. You know, I was really fortunate. I grew up the opposite of you. I literally thought I could fly. I mean, <laughs> I like thank God we didn't have a two-story house. I I, I would have tried. Yeah. You know, my parents made me believe I could do anything, and I actually believed it. You know, and it's weird because when I talk to people who tell me that they were, you know, that they're so afraid, uh, like that—that's never even been a thought in my head. I never ever thought I couldn't do something. Yeah, and you know, and it's it's hard for me to understand that, and and I think another reason why I'm able to to go out and try things is I never look at things that are unsuccessful as failure. I just look at that as practice. So I always tell people, I never fail. You know, if I do something and it doesn't come out the way I want it to, I don't look at that as failure. I look at that as practice. And then you do it again and again and again until you get it right. But if if you don't quit, you, you'll never fail, you know? And one of the biggest misnomers is we're always taught, you know, practice makes perfect. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So if you keep doing it wrong, you'll get really good at doing it wrong. You need to then kind of have a mid-course correction, get a mentor, which is one of the things that we love to do at LEAP is, is introduce young people to great mentors. Go online, learn, read a book, but don't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. So what do you think are some of the highlights from the book that we should talk about? I, I think based on even just what you're saying is is this voice in our head. I, I call it Dr. No in the book. What, what people who aren't bold are really good at is thinking of the worst case scenario, and even though that's like a 1% chance of that happening, right? And it stops them. Whereas somebody like you or a bold person, even if there's a chance of it going wrong, they don't look at it as a bad thing, even if it goes wrong. It's like, it's just learning or it's just fun. You know, it, one of the things I tell people in the book is d- feeling embarrassed is a choice. You don't have to feel embarrassed 
in a situation, you can laugh it off. You can you can make a joke about it. Like if if let's say you spilled wine on yourself, you could, you could go, oh no, and be, be humiliated. It's going to be a stain on me all all night. Or you could say, this is why my dry cleaner loves me. Right. You yeah. Know? And everybody laughs and relaxes. It's it's just a choice, and it's a big thing to 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 let go of, and and to not feel like. You have to stop yourself. This is the other thing I really try to drive home. Never be the one to stop you. Because that's what most of the time people are doing. Is yeah. they're the one who stops them. And bold people know 90% of the time, 99% of nothing bad happens. Yeah, you and, get away with stuff. You and, try new yeah. stuff. You bump into stuff. You learn something. You get better. Or or you just go go wild. You, you rock it away. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. You know? And the problem is so many people never venture. They just never try. I mean, look, I mean, 1986, okay, 1987, tooth whitening came on the market. And it was horrible. It was badly packaged, bad tasting, all these. And I looked at that and thought, this could be great. And fortuitously, I met Robert Heyman who grew up in the cosmetic industry. And together we partnered and we made the number one tooth whitening products in the world. Night white, day white, bright smile, Zoom. Yes, I invented Zoom. I wish it was a video conference, (laughs) (laughs) but Zoom tooth whitening wasn't bad either. But you know, I mean, it's just because I, you know, I took a chance and and I and I believed in it and I knew that it would be a great thing. And you know, we put our heart and soul into it. And and that's what happens is you develop neural pathways towards boldness, right? That the, the brain actually responds to your behavior and rewires yourself so that you eventually develop a confident response, a bold response to every situation rather than a hesitant or an underconfident response just by moving out of your comfort zone. Part of the book is re- talking about just expanding your comfort zone by inching your way into your discomfort zone over and over and over again until it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, I mean, I know so many people that need this book. Let's kind of switch gears now. So, you know, you have a great idea. You write a book. If you're a student out there and you would like to publish a book, I'd like you to maybe explain to them, you know, what your options are. I know you can self-publish. You can find a publisher. I mean, there's a lot of different things that are out there, and I'm sure you explored them all. So maybe you can kind of run through the options that are available and then tell us what you did for Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Uh, this is self-published, which is the direction now more and more people are going uh, with nonfiction. Fiction, you pretty much have to find a publisher because they're going to be the ones pushing it out into the bookstores and on Amazon and all those places. But with nonfiction, you know, this is, this is a personal growth book. So I can aim it towards certain people. I don't have to sell a million copies. And my goal is not even to sell a million. Co- I would love to sell that many, but it's I want people to read it. I want it to get it in the hands of the people who need it. So what this allows me to do is I write the book, then I go to a self-publishing company. Actually, I'm, I'm, the company I'm using is Scribe Media, which is Tucker Max's company. Um, and I hand them a draft of the book. 
they can they'll edit it. They'll come back and go, this you said this three times. How about saying it once? Get this, move this here, change this. Uh, this would be better said if it were shorter. They and they chop it up and mix it up and they feed it back to you. I was so excited when I saw what the editor did. It was like this is fantastic, like that because. You can only fix it so much yourself, right? Right. It's like somebody else comes right in and goes, "Like, you just got to fix that." Uh, and, and no, it, it's great to get a new set of eyes. Oh, yeah. When I wrote Billion Dollar Smile, I felt the same way. You know, I literally read through the book ten times. You know, and then when the publisher made their suggested changes, <laughs> I took all of them. By the way, yeah, it, it was like a whole different book. Yeah. Oh, it get, it just tightens up, flows better. And, and works better. So right off the bat, once you write a book, you have the option of self-publishing or finding a publisher. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you were to take the other route and try and find a publisher, how would you do that? And where would you go? You, you would have to write uh, a book proposal, which is a very detailed breakdown of what the book is about, who the audience is, uh, how it how it could be marketed, all of that stuff, what the size of that audience is. Uh, a lot of times people who, who go to publishers with nonfiction don't even write the book until the publisher says, okay. Uh, and you need an agent to get to a publisher. Right. So just to interject, when I wrote Billion Dollar Smile, um, I had an agent. Her name is Jan Miller. She's really famous and she specializes in self-help celebrity books so she had big celebrities like dr phil and all these people but you know being a dentist on extreme makeover i fit into her wheelhouse she then shopped different you know publishing companies um we ended up at a company called rutledge hill press which went out of business about two years ago their main commodity were bibles Hmm. yeah and they and they did a few self-help books so that's where we ended up what i did once i got jan and i got rutledge hill was i did the third thing which was really fun i went online and i found michael uh, drew michael drew has a company called promote a book mm-hmm. they help you become a new york times bestseller yeah so at the time i wrote billion dollar smile Things are different now. You can't do it. I did that back then. You had to sell 20,000 books in two weeks to become yeah. a New York Times bestseller. Well, I said, Michael, I have 100,000 dentists buying dental products from me every month. Can't I just buy the book for 20,000 of them as a gift and thank them for being loyal? said, that works for me. Yeah. So I bought the book. We gave it to them with a note. They then had a chance to buy more books at a reduced fee. And then all that money went to Leap. And we raised like $30,000 for Leap. And I became a New York Times bestseller overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And so now what they do, and it's the same thing on Amazon, is if one person buys 20 books, it counts as one book. Oh, so yeah. Because people were doing people what like I did. Like you were doing. You, yeah. you said it too many times at Leap and stuff. People figured it out. Yeah. Um, but So that's why what, what I'm doing is promoting the book through podcasts. Because that's eventually, once the book is out, you have to promote it. If you're self-publishing or not, you're going to do a lot of work. If you've got a publisher, you've got to get good at speaking. But you said you went it to you went to a self publishing company. Yeah. So to me, that's like a contradiction. Like self publishing, I would just figure Fred Joyle does everything. So tell me what a self publishing company does. 
Bell designed the book cover. They helped me refine the title. They proofread the whole book so that it's and they do the rewrites with you. And they they edit editing cleans up the and flow. How proofreading. Did you find them? Uh, there, they are. There are several companies that do this. This is. A, they are self-publishing. They are publishing houses, but they don't. They're not publishers. They don't release it to bookstores. Right. They're gonna, then they do the whole layout because the book has to be laid out. You know, every page has to be laid out. Wait, there are still bookstores. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> one, I think. Uh, and uh, and so then they'll they'll design the whole cover. And then they'll they'll print it, and you could say, "I want a soft cover or a hard cover. I want a dust cover or or not." Um, and and then you're probably going to have to record the audio book. I, I always record them myself, um, but if if you don't speak well, somebody's going to have to record it for you because you'll sell twenty times more Kindle and Audible than you will hardcover, maybe more. So than that. once you go to the self publishing company and they help you, you're essentially buying the books to then resell, right. Yeah. right? Yeah. And how much does it, I mean, you could give me a range, how much does it typically cost to have a book about this size? Uh, it's about $10 to make. Each which book. It, yeah, which has gone up considerably with the paper shortages right. uh, recently. Um, but the beauty is a Kindle, the, the digital copy costs you nothing, right. right? And the Audible costs you nothing. You're not sending CDs out. So you can, like when I launched this, I had the hardcover. The hardcover is $29. I sold the Kindle for a buck because I don't care. I want the numbers. And that's what you do is you do a podcast and you do a special offer. You do an email list, any email list you can find and offer the book for a dollar to get your audience. I want, and then it, it, if the book is good, then it builds virally. So did the self-publishing company help you get into Kindle? No, they they handle all of that. And right. also, where else is it? Oh, well, it's in Barnes Audible. & Noble. It's, there's Audible. like 20 places. So are you on Audible now? Oh, yeah. So I can, instead of reading this, I can listen to you yes, while I'm you at can. the gym? Yes, you can. It'll be oh, me talking okay. to you the whole time. Oh, yeah. just like this. That's yeah. awesome. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Okay, so the goal now is sell the books. Right. All right. What's the plan for selling the books besides podcasts? Um, there are people with massive email lists that that they will, if you pay them, they will push out the book and say, and you know, they they can segment their audience and say, people are looking for self help, personal growth kind of books. They'll push it out, and then what that'll do is float it up to some bestseller list. I'm actually going to be working with somebody who's going to get it on the Wall Street Journal top 10 ebooks. Nice. Once that happens, it becomes self-propelled because people see the book and want it. Then it turns into keynotes. And I actually want to do workshops on this. I want to do two-day Super Bowl workshops. So all of that propels it further. Uh, everything lifts. But you've got to get up to that noticeable level. So it's a combination of of somebody with a great email list, then you're going to do Facebook. I, I'm posting constantly on Facebook and LinkedIn right. about it to to get that out there. You can pay to do some of that promotion. It depends how much you're going to spend money to, to create the book, and then you can spend money to market the book, and it starts to come back. But a lot of times it comes back as a keynote rather than as a book sale. 
Hey, have you ever considered like working with like the Speakers Bureau or any of those things and going out like just doing motivational lectures too? Uh, that's that's part of what I want to do is cool. is get that because I've I've had a pretty good speaking career in our industry. No, you have, and you know I think that this would be a phenomenal TED talk. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you can get out and start doing those, these things will fly off the shelf. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's part of it is getting getting in front of people any way I can. So, talking to students, if there's a student out there that wants to do a self-published book, any words of wisdom you'd like to share with them? Get some money from your parents <laughs> to do it. Uh, but 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 think about what what you have that is interesting and meaningful, and then really just sit down and write the, the first draft. Uh, and you can do it handwriting or, 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 or clicking on a computer or use dictation software. I do a lot of uh, dictation for stuff now. I use otter.ai. And it's unbelievable how it keeps right up with me and corrects it as it goes and stuff like that. Wow. And, and you'll, the thing I tell everybody is don't censor yourself in the first draft just pour all your ideas out if they're not in the right order don't worry about it you want all of that stuff to chisel down into your concise impactful book but don't if, if you can't think of the word put another word in and then just keep writing just get it all out and then go back and refine it that's awesome. Well, I've only skimmed through the book. I, I'm looking forward to uh, going away this weekend and, and reading the whole book. I think this is just phenomenal. And I, I think that this will be a real boost to a lot of people that need it. And, um, and I'm, I'm super excited for you. And anything I can do to help promote this, I will definitely uh, put this on my Instagram and make sure that people know about it. And um, I can hook you up with a few places I've been speaking lately, too. Cool. Which Love I it. think would be great. Um, Fred, thank you so much. And thank you for always supporting Leap. Um, I think you've spoken there three times now. Yeah. And um, we look forward to having you back again. 2022 is going to be a big year. Yes, Sign yeah. up for Leap now. Go to www.leapfoundation.com. And I hope I see you in 2022. Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.